0: Can you hear the SOS? I'm hearing the beeps. Yeah. Okay, so this this is this is where we start. Okay. I mean, well, this is this is where we start just jabbering. Is this, jabbering. The, this,
1: yeah, is this is the, is the music? Oh, this, this is the music. This is the music. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Is that from the band? That
0: yeah. is from the band. Yeah. Um, this, uh, it, oddly enough, it was a. I was trying to find. I was trying to think of uh, intro music today, right? yeah. and uh, I was like, well. I know who I can get permission. From. <laughs> yeah, I own this one. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I don't own this. Uh, the Bobby owns this. Bobby, okay. my drummer, owns this. But he was like, I, I asked him. I'm kind of two years behind schedule, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, trying to get rolling. So uh, I asked him. I said, uh, Can I use the SOS thing? He's like, yeah, but use whatever one you want. Most
1: oh, so of the S.O.S. thing is the intro to the song. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the name I of the song guess
0: S.O.S. Yeah. So, oh, that's clever. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. He, he actually researched to find the perfect one uh-huh. to record to go with it. And actually, if you listen to the uh,
1: dun, 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 Oh, that's still the beat? That's, yeah.
0: That's, that's the riff of the song. So, huh. Uh, it, it all ties in you know? yeah. So Yeah that's pretty <laughs> close nice. I can't take credit for it. I can only take credit For recording guitars But It's um, uh, So yeah And It's actually a short song Long intro But it's a short
1: <laughs> song so, yeah. Um,
0: But uh, Yeah So it, it
1: It seemed appropriate
0: To go That's and, all
1: you're doing All that lead in there? Yeah
0: that's me That's all that's
1: all, all the guitar, guitar work is All the
0: guitar work is me um, so, and that's actually that just happened to, I was trying to write something else and it just wasn't working and so I just went real simple uh, and simple sometimes some, is the best thing sometimes simple is the best thing so yeah. uh, it, it uh, you know and it's funny because I actually had proved you can hear my progression from the, from the, in the three albums you can hear the progression of I go from a certain sound and style to you can kind of hear my abilities increase. Yeah. All right, um, we're uh, we're here again with thoughts from a lawnmower with Will Rouser, and I have to tell you I've been looking forward to this particular episode okay. because my my guest or my co-host today I like to call him co-host. I'm a, co- I'm a co-host. You're a co-host. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. um, Got promoted. Yes, you have been promoted. (laughs) You're not used to that, right? Not at all. (laughs) Um, This gentleman right here has a special place in my heart. Um, He is pastor. Mm -hmm. He is a retired lieutenant colonel. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Um, And chaplain. Right. uh, U.S. Army. And uh, right here at Fort Bragg. And uh, h- how long were you in the military? 21 and a half years. 21 and a half years. Yeah. And
1: how many deployments? Uh, th- well, no, it depends on how you count. Three combat deployments, so four total. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. that's Because that's I know yeah. those deployments be long. <laughs> yeah, they can be. I'm, I was blessed that none of mine were those long... 12 15 months so mm. I was kind of fortunate with that well that is, but they still long <laughs> they feel long even a week feels long yeah, at times, but, yeah. Um,
0: but now he's also uh, now I got to make sure I are, you're not a you're not a, you don't have a doctorate
2: mm-hmm.
0: oh you do have a
1: doctorate. it's not a PhD so yeah it's a doctor of ministry okay yeah so but I can still call you doctor, right? <laughs> you can call me whatever you want, little man. <laughs> anyway,
0: we have uh, Pastor Jeff Spangler with me today, yeah. and uh, we've been trying to get this thing going. Hmm. And uh, he's one of my pastors, right. um, pastor of the Fayetteville Church of the Nazarene, and, which is where I grew up. Right. And yeah. uh, so you're like in a succession of a lot of, a lot of pastors right. um, in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. You and I are roughly, you're, you're a little older than I am, mm-hmm. but um, we're kind of, we're, we're pretty close. So yeah. we have, a, we have a lot of the same, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny, we have a lot of the same uh, experiences. Right. There's some variances, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, but we have a lot of the same experiences. We have a lot of similar viewpoints.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but among all those titles uh i'm really proud to call him my pastor uh and i'm also proud to call him my friend cool. and uh he's a very interesting guy and i uh you know i want to kind of get his insights on a couple of things and um just kind of chew the fat with it. and yeah. uh i don't really like i told you i don't really do pre uh, determined questions or anything like this is not. This right. is not an interview. So, you know, I want I want you to relax, Pastor. Just okay. relax. You know? I'm cool. I got my coffee. Yeah, he, he has his coffee, yeah, and I'm good to go. life is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a couple of things that uh, we've talked about in in previous conversations. Yeah. Uh, and one of those. I kind of want to hit two of them because I think I think they'll t- I think there'll be enough content just out of those two things um and one of them is you've written a mm-hmm. paper right the the paper the paper yeah and okay. uh first of all it's it, I want you to tell me what the title tell us
1: what the title is mm-hmm. and I want you to what uh what the premise of it is yeah sure so the title is uh and I kind of wrestled with it a little bit, but the title is "In Defense of the Chaplaincy," um, and so the title is well defensive, right? Because uh, that's in the title, "Defense of the Chaplaincy." And I didn't really, wasn't sure I wanted to do that, but really, the the paper was uh, written as a, at, kind of at the request of Dean Blevins. He's on the faculty at Nazarene Theological Seminary, and and I, it's kind of gets its origins out of the the paper I wrote for my doctor of ministry degree, um, is a result in the midst of all of the process. Uh, there was a particular author, um, that we had read that I was not very pleased with, especially <laughs> with his take on chaplaincy ministries. And, and so we had, uh, some lively discussion and debate, uh, during some of the seminars, uh, there at the school. And, uh, Dr. Blevins is sympathetic to the chaplaincy ministries and, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but he's pretty well read and has read a lot of articles and whatnot on chaplaincy, and caught me at the M19 conference uh, last year and asked if I would write something specifically to that issue, and kind of sandbagged that for a while, and then he got after me, and so I went (laughs) ahead and and did it, and uh, so that just got published in the Didache, which is the seminary's uh, online publication, so you're probably never going to read it unless you go hunting for it. It's probably uh, not the most, uh, you know, p- uh, disseminated. Yeah, it's it's not a very public. There. Yeah,
0: no. Nah. But I I have read it because you you let me let me read it. And although yeah, appreciate I appreciate your feedback, I, too. I, yeah. I I can't. Well, I got I got right on it. And now I have to be honest with you because uh, I haven't reread it, so I haven't refreshed my memory on. I I do remember. I remember some of the points that you made were very. You know, <sighs> I, I hate to say this pastor but i I sometimes read things with the intent of finding something mm-hmm. to disagree with sure um call it a quirk it's in your or whatever. nature it bro. is in my nature yeah <laughs> um and and i don't wanna i don't wanna i certainly don't wanna do that with my friends um but at the same time when you gave me something you you asked for honest feedback and mm-hmm. i think it would do you an injustice yeah. To to sit there and go, oh yeah, man, it was magnificent. But it was magnificent. It was right. it was a, gr- it, you know, and I told you that I, I couldn't find anything that I could personally mm-hmm. argue against. Now, bear in mind, I don't have the military experience that you have. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have the education that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very much a layman when I'm reading this, I'm, yeah. I'm not stupid, you know, Absolutely. uh, yeah. well, depending on who you ask, I guess, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. But, um, I really couldn't find anything that I could, I could disagree with mm-hmm. in that, in that defense.
1: It's because there was so much to alike. In there was, yes. Yeah. You know,
0: and I mean, I mean,
1: you're the guy,
0: you know, <laughs> but, uh, the the one thing that i noticed was that let I me mean, you weren't this is going to sound really odd yeah. okay you're a nice guy i mean you you are a nice guy you're generally a nice guy as a matter of fact you're very soft spoken mm-hmm. um and it belies that inner um authority that that you carry yourself with mm-hmm. and if people if people got to know you like I know you, um there's this uh there's this confidence that you have that belies the initial
1: contact. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah, I, I sometimes I can come off as too nice a guy, I guess is kinda. Yes, right. I mean yeah. so people would make assumptions exactly. maybe that yeah, he's weak or whatever. Right. So, so yeah, I get that, but I'd rather be, I'd rather err on the side of kindness. than –
0: Yeah, and and well, you know. are you're a kind gentleman, but um, and uh, <laughs> I I tell you, I've told you this story before, but for the sake of the listeners, uh, we went out for a men's outing. Oh no, you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm to gonna Bible. do it. I, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna embarrass you, in front of front of probably twenty people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but we went out. Uh, shooting. Uh, well, we you know we had a, well, we had devotional and stuff like that, and right, yeah. played football and whatnot. Men's but retreat out yeah, there. just a men's retreat. Mm-hmm. But of course, the the big thing was going out and shooting. Okay, and we're all in our casuals. You know, we're outside. It's you know it's kind of slightly rainy. If I'm not mis- or not it wasn't rainy, but it was overcast. Yeah, I think so. And mm-hmm. um, you know, pastor is not in his pastoral attire. Uh, <laughs> he's he's in his. Jeans and t-shirt and hunting hat and uh, sitting on a truck and I <laughs> walked over and I was like and you you had had a you'd had a, like a, an overshirt on but you had yeah. taken that off because it started getting warm and I'm like you know what pastor's got some guns <laughs> <laughs> pastor's got some, you know small you know, arms fire small, <laughs> that's <laughs> right you know uh, pythons of power <laughs> um, and I was like you know. Because you, you don't see that when you wear your suit, you 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 yeah. you look. It's kind of like mild mannered Clark Kent, and, <laughs> and
1: yeah, Superman. Yeah, right, yeah you yeah. know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, you're welcome, <laughs> Pastor. You're welcome.
0: But uh, it, you know, and you don't carry yourself in a in a manner that is intimidating. Yeah. Okay. But, of course, I didn't have you as a commander. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you would have been like that as a commander. But you didn't get to be a lieutenant colonel for nothing, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, there's leadership. There's there's authority. There's the ability to, to lead men and to, um, to get the job done. And uh, that takes a strong individual. Uh, it doesn't take a... Uh, now, when I say strong, I obviously don't mean bullying or right. you know mm-hmm. uh, intimidating. I mean that that kind of, that kind confidence, right. that right. Uh, that gentle um, that's an attribute that mm-hmm. of, of you. And I so I've gone a long way. We've kind of gotten off yeah. a little bit, but the reason why I brought that up was that as I read your your. Uh, your article, mm-hmm. as I as I read what you wrote, that very same thing came out. Mm-hmm. That that very you were very gentle, but you were very firm.
1: Yeah, I kind of categorize, especially the version you wrote. I was a little uh, froggy in that. I mean, I was pretty uh, worked out. I was up, maybe. writing out of my emotions a little bit, and actually, the the final version was a little bit more toned down in a couple places. But, but let me just address your military thing. So. If, just to clarify, as a chaplain, I was never a commander, but yeah, the environment of, of the military, yeah, you have to you know there's a certain amount of uh, always an element of leadership regardless of what your job is, so absolutely. did you
0: ever see the movie um, and it had Michael J Fox and uh, hmm. oh Sean Penn in it uh, I'd been an older one then. this was an older one. this is yeah. back in the nineties, and I can 't remember, but it was about the Vietnam War. Uh, and I, I can't remember the name of it um, for the life of me, because it, it just came to me. But in the movie, apparently, um, the squad, right. which had both Sean Penn's character and Michael J. Fox's character in it, they come upon a village, and it was kind of it was a it was a mythical thing, but it, it was it, I guess it was based on some real activities but mm-hmm. apparently the soldiers they the American soldiers they you know burned out the village and right. you know killed everybody mm-hmm. well they they took this one girl young girl and they ended up raping her mm. except for Michael J Fox's character
1: oh and i'm having I think I recall. I don't what remember you're the about. name. I, yeah. I don't remember
0: the yeah. name of the movie, but I, think I, rem- I remember
1: the scene you're talking about. Yes.
0: There. Well, mm-hmm. in that movie, you know, of course, it's a it's a great, in a way, it's kind of a great testimony to someone's, you know, st- standing up against mm-hmm. um, temptation yeah. and cajoling by, you know, hey, you know come on and, and you know, because you had that one, you had one of the young privates who mm-hmm. he really didn't want to do it, but he felt pressured mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, rape the girl. Right. And Michael J. Fox, his character just yeah, refused a, to, moral stand, he took yeah. a moral stand. Right. Mm-hmm. And then of course, when he got back to, when they got back to base and he's now, he's, traumatized mm-hmm. in his emotions and everything like that. And he's sitting there at the bar with a gun mm-hmm. and the chaplain comes over to talk to him. I mean, and, you know, Michael J. Fox's character is like, you know, I've been up the chain of command and, and nobody wants to do anything and right. everybody thinks that I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, hill and, and it's, you know, he's in this moral uh, yeah, dilemma, dilemma, and right? Mm-hmm. And so he's, I you know he's either gonna do harm to himself or somebody else, mm-hmm. and so the chaplain comes to talk to him and after the chaplain after he tells the chaplain what had happened, mm-hmm. the next scene is now all these people are who disregarded are now paying attention, and the general mm-hmm. you know who had dismissed his earlier complaint was like. Do you realize what kind of trouble you've caused? And, you know, he he tells the general what he can go do with himself that's, you know, biologically (laughs) impossible. But um, I'm focusing on the chaplain because Mm -hmm. the chaplain got things done.
1: Yeah, the chaplain, yeah, the role is uh, not only to be like the pastor to the soldier, but also there's the moral voice of the chaplain – right uh, a prophetic voice of the chaplain that can be difficult because sometimes that does put potentially put the chaplain at odds with the commander especially if the commander um is doing things that may not be morally right mm. um but that's another role of the chaplain is to advise the command on issues of morality morale of the men etc so uh that relationship sometimes can be a little dicey if you're fulfilling a prophetic role, a moral, right. ethical role. Right. And and so that's the chaplain's role. And so, yeah, sometimes uh, to do that, you may have to advocate for the soldier to the commander. Um, and so, yeah, it can be a, a challenging place because it's a place of leadership, a different type right. of leadership. It's a different type right? of leadership.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's also a different type of strength right. because, you know, now – I mean, let's let's be honest. There there is a certain amount of you know you're going to be brushing up against people who either have no faith or have little faith. Yeah, that's the beauty of being a
1: chaplain, I thought. You know, well,
0: you know, and I mean, that is true, but there is there is a downside to it. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you know, clearly uh, Jesus told us that uh, we're going to run into trouble. He, He doesn't. He doesn't um sugarcoat that. Right. And uh so uh, you know I, this is not anywhere near the same moral uh weight but I you know as you know I'm a musician so uh I've done my fair share of I, I have plan you're a musician too so I know you know this um I've done gigs right that were just total headaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been in situations that you just want to, uh, you know, <laughs> strangle somebody, yeah. um, but you don't. But uh, you 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 do. It's like you just roll your eyes and go, I just can't believe that. Mm-hmm. Why do we keep doing it? Well, for the love of the music. Yeah, because we love it. You mm-hmm. know, we love it. Okay, so we kind of learn to take. And, I, you know, I'm not even at the level that, you know, a lot of my uh, – certainly I'm not even near the level of many of my heroes and stuff like that. Mm. But – and they all have the same stories. They all have these stories. of the, You just would not believe what yeah. we went through. You know, we played this little hole, got paid nothing, or we had, we had our gear stolen, or we had this – you know, and those are never fun things. But why do you keep doing it? Yeah. Well, so for the love of the music, yeah, man. Why? Why it. would I stop? Yeah. I mean, this this is all a part. This is paying your dues, mm-hmm. and so we can look at it like that as musicians. But we can't necessarily. Why, why don't we look at that when we talk about when we're as Christians? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we're going to have troubles. Yeah, they become well, the stories you tell later,
1: right? And they are hardships, but they're they're part of the story and right. part of your history. So I just I don't know where this is coming from. I just remembered uh i was watching a show one of the, the american pickers i think was the show uh uh-huh, yeah and they found uh, Aerosmith's van did you ever see that episode i didn't see it, but i heard about it they yeah. found it and aerosmith you know they oh, they, yeah, yeah. Re, they they totally restored, restored it, it. it. Yeah. and they're sitting in the van recounting all the days back when they first started all the hardships they endured dah, right. dah, dah, dah. and that was that's part of their story and so they were it wasn't easy all that time no no but it kind of made them what they became and what they were. So that was a part of their history and their legacy. So, yeah, all the hardships we endure, uh, the difficulties, the challenges, um, you look back on it with maybe a little bit more fondness than when you're in the middle of it, You know, and you realize, well, oh, yeah, those are some things I learned um, that, for good or bad, uh, they made me what I am. You right. Know? So they
0: they shaped you, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, we don't we don't want those things to happen. Right. But it, it's not a matter of want. It's a matter of it's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, of course, you're going to get mad, and of course, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. I was watching a again. I don't want to go way too far off in left field, but I was watching a a, a video last night. Uh, it's actually from 2015, and it was an event for. I don't know if you're familiar, even though you come, you and I come from the same era, um, of who Tony McAlpine is. Okay, Tony McAlpine was a guitar player, and he was part of the. Um, uh, did you ever read Guitar Player magazine? Here and there. Not, okay, not back thoroughly. in right in the early early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a long time after that, they had this thing called Mike Varney's Spot, Spotlight. Okay. And in the it was at the back of the magazine, and he usually had about two or three people whose tapes that he got, um, and he would review them. Hmm. And all of the big shredders post-Van Halen, mm-hmm. post-Randy Rhodes, uh, ended up – started out with their tape sent to Mike Varney. Huh. People like Yngwie Malmsteen, um, of course, naturally, uh, Billy Sheehan, okay. uh bass player, um, uh, Paul Gilbert, um, Richie Kotzen, And, I mean, the list is immense. Well, Tony McAlpine was one of those. He was one of Mike Varney's shredders. He just – one of those people that just stood out and he made it the spotlight and it, subsequently he got a record deal as a result. Well, well anyway, he um, he went on to play. Not only was he a phenomenal guitar player, he was also a virtuoso piano player. Oh, really? Well, okay, yeah, okay. Chopin. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. he ended up uh, in the 2000s, in the late 2000s, uh, in Steve Vai's band mm-hmm. playing keyboard and guitar. All right and uh well he got cancer apparently and he was in Spain getting treatment and so they had put on this big thing for Tony McAlpine and so all of the big a lot of the big names came out including Paul Gilbert and Richie Kotzen and uh Sheehan and and Mm -hmm. Steve I and all uh Zach Wild and all and uh I'm, I know I'm rattling off all the metal players and stuff like that, but you <laughs> yeah. you know you and you you know some of some of some of them some some a lot, of them. Lot,
1: more, lot more familiar than yeah I yeah. With a lot of those people. Um, yeah.
0: But I mean you you you're from that you're from that era, so you're right. not unfamiliar with the mm-hmm. at least some of the music. If I if I rattled off some of the bands, you would you would know. Right. Um, so anyway, and Steve I played his set. It, you know there were various sets, and he did his set. And he hit at the end of, he was doing one more song and he said, uh, normally y'all know, I'm familiar, if y'all are familiar with that black Ibanez that I had that lights up and it's got a mirror on it and stuff like that, really cool guitar, Mm -hmm. um, that I played such and such a song and such, well, somebody stole it this morning. He didn't mm-hmm. say somebody. He said some, you know what, <laughs> stole it yeah. this morning. And then he said, but you know what? Because he said, if you find it, bring it to me and I'll give you a dollar. And then he, he, you know, he was joking and he goes, you know what, don't worry about it. If you find it, don't worry about it hmm. because everything has its time. Right. Yeah. Everything has its time. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, it served me well, but things come and go. There you go, yeah. and you know, for someone who is not a believer, that's a pretty impressive mm-hmm. uh, attitude to have. You know, I I know I would be mad. I'm sure he was he he wasn't very he's pleased. He's probably not with very it, happy that he you his guitar. But right. at the same time, yeah. you know, he's always had that mentality. Look,
1: uh, not overly connected to yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, it's that. That's the kind of thing. So anyway, so now that we've had our rock discussion, <laughs> <laughs> I got that out um, of the way. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, we're going back to it. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not done with the rock. <laughs> no, we're not oh, done. <laughs> um, it's It's not often that I get to talk to my pastor <laughs> about about rock music. <laughs> about rock music. <laughs> um, uh, but getting back to your your article. Yeah. I, I, like you said that the, the there was a bit you were a bit riding out of your motion because mm-hmm. you take you took your you took your uh your calling seriously right and even though you were attacking the argument right okay you you disagreed passionately but you were attacking the argument you mm-hmm. weren't attacking the person but you mm-hmm. were attacking the argument. Although some people would take that as a blur. Well, it
1: could be a little personal. Yeah, times. it yeah. can be
0: a little personal. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe I should state the argument. Yeah, or absolutely. Or what the issue is. So yeah. there's a writer. Um, there's actually a, a, a several um, academics who have taken the word chaplain. And one in particular, uh, more current, uh, uses the word chaplain and as a negative, a derogatory kind of term. So um, his comment was the church has become chaplain to the state. In other words, um, the language is that the chaplain is a word for subservient or a sellout. Uh Um, So so the word chaplain, he's associating with the concept of being a sellout or less than uh, what a minister ought to be, so to speak. And so... Um, yeah, I kind of reacted to that. It's just well, number one, my identity is wrapped up in the concept of being a chaplain for one, um, so that that's a personal hit. Right. Uh, but then there's a lot of others out there that are serving as chaplains either in the military or um, in hospitals, um, EMT, you know, uh, response that kind of thing. And so there's a it's in a, and it's a growing field even within. Business. A lot of corporations have chaplains now. Um, I don't know if you have a chaplain out where you're at or not, but I mean, a lot of major businesses uh, have chaplains now. So we do it's a growing field of ministry, and uh, and there's a, there's a lot that, that that some that particular scholar packed into this whole concept of uh, chaplaincy being a sellout. He ties it all the way back to Constantine. Um, And in his view, the demise of the church in a lot of ways uh, sees Constantine as being the first step of corruption of the church way back then. So, anyway, there's a lot to unpack and all that. So, it was a little bit of a challenge to kind of keep the argument on track. Right. Because you could, I mean, you know, you could spend a lot of time just talking about Constantine, and I mean, that's a long conversation you yeah, talk about the entire history of the western and church
0: unfortunately yeah. as a side note unfortunately and of course you know <clears throat> i i do read facebook yeah you know i'm on it and i'm in you know unfortunately and, we read facebook. well you know i mean <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really blame facebook i blame you know i i think that people's people get on and they speak from their ignorance and I guess they figure because they don't have somebody right in front of them that they can just be ignorant. Everyone's an expert on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody's an expert. And, and whether it's, whether it's about guns or whether it's about vaccinations or Mm -hmm. whether it's about uh, theology. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And whether it, it, it it is Constantine constantly gets mentioned. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. And you know, everybody is an armchair historian and they just mm-hmm. you know it's like you're you're not you're you're not even you got some of the the highlights you know it's yes. it's like you've got the 30 second sound bites but you don't have all mm-hmm. the stuff in between mm-hmm. that there was a lot of stuff going on at the time yeah. you don't have the cultural reference mm-hmm. you know of the time
1: yeah well there's a lot um I see that a lot of the modern. I mean, okay, so we are uh, descendants of the Protestant Reformation, right? Um, and so that's our heritage, my heritage. Um, that's been since the 1500s. It's a long time. Um, I feel like some sometimes we're still uh, fighting that battle, if if you will. Yeah. Um, and we I think are. a lot of people are still. I mean, I get it. You know, there were issues with the church. Um, The Reformation was uh, an answer to that. Um, Got it. There there were problems. Um, The particular author I was uh, addressing um, quoted a a sermon from John Wesley, and in that sermon, John Wesley is talking about the corruption of the church, and he's really pointing out that um, Methodism was a reform of the church, the Church of England back in uh, Wesley's day, um, and Wesley was kind of saying, well, this isn't anything new. The, the right. problems in the church isn't anything new. And he, he says there was challenges with corruption of the church really from the very beginning. Um, and then he does mention Constantine and says Constantine um, was a, created some issues for the church because now you get a mingling of the state and the church, an emperor becoming a Christian. Um, yeah, so that kind of complicates complicates things a bit a complication. Um, a complication <laughs> of things yeah so i mean i get it i see the argument and i see the challenge there um but are we gonna write off and that's i think where some of us are at is that um well then that almost becomes um a way to like write off the catholic church right right because Again, and, and I feel like that. well, if you're a Christian, I'm sorry, but that's part of your heritage if you're at least a Westerner. Right. Um, we all owe the Catholic Church something um, because that's all the church was until oh, yeah. the Reformation. And so yeah. that's my heritage, and it's – whether you like it or not, it's your heritage as a Christian. Um, and We can critique it. And we can say there are issues here and there. And obviously, absolutely, there's been right. issues all throughout history – um, but let's not um, let's not write off our heritage um, to make a point, or right. we'll write off a whole oh. group of people who are oh, ministers goodness. because uh, we want to coin a phrase. And that's where my issue was: is like we're going to use the word chaplain as a as a term of betrayal or compromise. Um, yeah. And, yeah, as a chaplain, I kind of take that a little personally because I feel that – and my argument became in this whole paper is, well, what, what are we about as Christians? If I'm, if I'm part of the empire, that's a whole other part of the argument. Yeah. Is, you know, If you're part of the empire of the state and, of course, America and liberal – um, academia, you know, empire, America is the empire, right. and so all this self-loathing about nationalism, and you can't have a flag in the church or whatever, you know, these kinds of ideas. Um, I, as I read scripture, and I did a little exegetical work in the paper, you know, as I read scripture, I never, I don't see Jesus or Paul or anyone saying, although, yes, we're Christians first and foremost. There's never a rejection of, um, like Paul was a Roman citizen. Right. Uh, yeah. He never renounced his Roman citizenship. That's an excellent point. He was a part of. And so, who was the first, who is the first Gentile to be, to receive the Holy Spirit? Cornelius, right. a Roman centurion, right, a soldier. Right. Um. And and no one said, Hey, Cornelius, now that you're a Christian, you need to get a new job. Right. And And that never happens in Scripture. All the way along as Paul is uh, arrested, he goes from place to place all the way to Rome. He's evangelizing the empire. Right. And he never tells anyone that he talks to, oh, by the way, you need to quit being a Roman. He just introduces them to Christ. Right. And and the Christian church, as I see it, and I think a lot of people would agree, you know, we're we're a transformational faith. right. We're not a come-out faith. We're not a, you know, Judaism, Christianity, we've always been within the kingdom, or the empire, I should say, a kingdom within the empire, um, transforming it. So as a chaplain in the army, in the empire, right, serving um, in the empire as a chaplain soldier, if you will, um, I have a, my job is to, um, like we alluded to earlier to be the moral voice the moral compass to um, and some people have a problem with evangelism these days but to witness to Christ to lead people to Christ um, to transform the system the empire from the inside out right you can't do that by pulling yourself out of it and condemning it right well and and you know
0: I mean there there's a lot to unpack in that
1: yeah.
0: um, fortunately, we have the time um <laughs> the that's the thing that that i've I've noticed about Paul as a matter of fact you you in the Apostle Paul he actually did utilize his yes. Roman C- citizenship, citizenship. Yeah, he, he pointed out he right. said, oh, wait a minute you're gonna you're treating a Roman citizen like this right and I, I've I found at least in the the critics of modern American Christianity I, I have to that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is plenty to criticize. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. there of that there is no doubt. But I've always had a problem with the self loathing kind of thing, mm-hmm. where. Even if it's not actually said, it's certainly alluded to. It's certainly by what you – not only what you do say but what you don't say right. that makes, you know, somehow these other countries, like they don't have problems. Right. Like for example, um, uh, you know, clearly we have an, an issue in this country with uh, sexuality being uh, exploited and being – recreation. Uh, you know, be uh, what there's a word I'm looking for. Oh, uh, no, no, that that's that's just um, Sexuality. it's being uh, mm-hmm. amplified. It's being uh, y- we're being inundated with it. Yeah. Uh, th- of that, there is no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I happen to know people who've gone to co- countries like South America, right. in South America, where they have billboards, and they have commercials on tv that would just that would make you know <laughs> uh yeah it make You're, a pornographer blush yeah,
1: you you remind me of a time we live we lived in germany for a while and uh you know i think europeans uh, a lot of people around the world for as much as we complain as americans um especially in the church and whatnot uh about how loose we are as a people sexually whatever um i think some like at least in Europe I know they still view us as very puritan. Yeah, they in a view us ways. as prudish. So we're yeah. yeah. So we're we're walking down Germany in Germany and I have little Andrew at the time he was little Andrew. He's bigger than me now but um and all down the the street are these flyers, not just flyers, they're like signs all down the road um of they're promoting a dance club or something, but it's a scantily clad woman, practically naked, except for the little pasties. Uh-huh. And so we're, we're, <laughs> we're just trying to mind our own business, walk downtown, and we're having – you know, poor Andrew is – well, he's a boy. You know, he's constantly distracted by these uh, signs everywhere. and we're I trying don't to get understand him. why. Yeah, why would he be distracted <laughs> by that? I don't get it. So we're like, yeah, uh, different – Different environment, different and set it's a of different, morality morality culture, and but, but different culture, but and, mm-hmm.
0: and and so, uh, when trying to cycle back, because we'll go off on tangents, <laughs> and I don't mean to, because uh, there was actually a point I was trying to get at, but it, it it's I find that that when we we look at America, mm-hmm. I think that there's a certain preservation mm-hmm. that the church has managed to to do mm-hmm. some people would say say it's restrictive but uh i would say govern mm-hmm. in the sense that like you know on a motor you have a governor right and what is that governor for it's to keep from too much gas yep. slows it down you know, keeps it slows it, it down mm-hmm. so that the flow is even so that that it 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 can function like it's supposed to yeah. and uh, I find that the criticism, even Americans, are buying this nonsense, and mm-hmm. so they they and then they look at Paul, they look at the Apostle Paul, and say, "Well, you know, Paul, uh, he he was he is the example of somebody that you know evangelized everyone, which he was, mm-hmm. but he even he had certain he operated." In certain, with a certain um, appropriateness, a certain, and, I, and I'm not when I speak of appropriateness, I'm not talking now about sexual. I'm talking about oh, that's undoubted, but
2: yes.
0: I'm talking about like when he when he had the debate on Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. That's what the Greeks were doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's that was the culture. That's you know. So he you know anybody could debate. Anybody right. could come in and debate, and so he joined in
1: yeah, and he and he was uniquely qualified uh he, he just didn't go in unarmed if you right will. i mean he grew up in antioch he was a scholar was one of the major roman cities he he was at he was very well educated not only as a jew but also as a roman citizen right so he's very very familiar with greek um, philosophy right and when you read him um in the brief account of what he i mean it's kind of packed with his I mean he yeah there's there's some intelligence behind what he's saying he's not just spouting off I mean he he's very well qualified to go and speak intelligently um in Athens because yeah he he understood you know the leading philosophical uh discussions and he didn't he
0: didn't he didn't go in with this which I think a lot of Christians do Mm -hmm. he didn't go in with this uh uh kill all mentality right. you know
1: he's very winsome he, in his approach right
0: mm-hmm. he, he he was and and yet he utilized his roman citizenship when it was convenient for him to do so mm-hmm. i don't have a problem with that yeah. to be honest with you i mean the scripture is telling us is showing us that this is how this man operated mm-hmm. and it's very
1: clear that god didn't have an issue with it god called him for that very reason exactly I mean, he, Paul was unique in that, yeah, Jesus called all the disciples, obviously. Paul was targeted Mm -hmm. (laughs) by God. I mean, you know, he was, uh, you know, we we know, I mean, he's persecuting the church. um, But, I mean, he's very uniquely qualified to do what God wanted him to do. Right. God, God got a hold of him and uh transformed his life and, but the
0: interesting thing is that he for his skills, he still had say, the same yeah. right he mm-hmm. still had the same tools he still had the same skills he still mm-hmm. had the same abilities but now those tools skills and abilities they were now re uh, there's there's a military word um <laughs> um re uh, oh what is say it recalibrated or repurposed no, or repurposed that's yeah? that's okay. the word i was looking they were repurposed mm-hmm. okay and that's going to be a great segue. I, I don't want to leave the, the, the original thing that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. but it's a great segue into talking about music mm-hmm. because I, don't, I, I think that a lot of times we think that because... Now, very clearly, there are certain things we have to walk away from mm-hmm. and we have to leave. Yeah. When you come to Christ, there are things that uh, we have to... Abandoned. Right. Yeah, sin. Abandoned. Sin. I mean, well, <laughs> sin, but there are things, there are the acts of There's sin. things that pull us in. Right. Pull us away you know, from God. Pull us yeah. away, you know. But it's very clear that God doesn't have an issue with an NFL player. Hmm. I'm not saying that He hasn't called NFL players out. Right. You know, of, of you know, just like it, it's, you can have Christian rock musicians. Absolutely. You can have yeah. Christian,
1: uh, uh, military leaders well you know you're actually going back to my point earlier about this come outer versus transforming within right. idea of Christianity so, so we don't maybe agree with um, all types of rock and roll music there's some you know okay fine um, or uh, media you know there's movies or Hollywood or whatever okay can we do so do we like good old Nazarene days you know do we just boycott it all um, or is there a way to be a part of it and transform it from the inside out? And that's what we see a lot happening within the music industry, with Christi- Christianity, within sports, right. uh, believers. Um, rather than disengaging from society, why don't we engage with right. society and be the moral influence and bring Christ to it? You know why? Because that's think, what Jesus did. Right. He was incarnational. And I'm going to tell so you why. So why don't we be incarnational? I Disciples.
0: Think, I think the reason why, yeah. is because we're scared, and we're mm-hmm. using the we're we're using the veneer of holiness
1: mm-hmm.
0: to cover our fear.
1: Yeah, and that could be. I, I mean, I'm not saying like I had a buddy of mine uh, again, music. We were in a band together, and when I was in high school, he was ahead of me a couple years, and. Um, he, he was phenomenal, um, and uh, he was a country. That was his thing. He played a lot of country gigs all over Florida, which is where I was from. Uh, he came. He got way out there, got really scared. He really uh, messed things up in his life a lot. Came back to the church, and he made a, what I feel was a, a mistake. And sometimes we do this. Um, he felt like, well, I want to go back as a believer, and I want to, and I want to reach. People uh, from the bars and everything. So, well, I'm going to go back to the bars and try to witness. Well, not the best idea. And I actually went with him one time and thought, you know, this really isn't a place for a believer. You know, I mean, uh, so I'm not saying, um, I think we should use our wisdom there, you know, especially if we have a temptation or weakness right, or whatever right, right. that we don't expose ourselves to that. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, so I think holiness people, which is our tradition um, as Nazarenes, um, that's been a bit of our heritage is, you know, we've had that come out kind of uh, mentality. Let's come out from among them and be holy. And I get that. You know, we we do need to be different from the world. Um, but I think sometimes we see that, and we practice that in a superficial way, rather than a, in a I would say a legalistic way, rather than a, a internal heart way. So it's easier just to just say I'm not going to take the Sunday paper, or I'm not going to go to the movies, or I'm right, going right. to do these, not do these things. Um, I'm going to go live out on a farm and cut off myself off from society. Um, that's really not what Jesus intended, I don't think. Um, I think he intended us to um, to live our lives, our holiness in the world. Um, and that that is a little bit more difficult um, because um, the temptations are there, um, the persecution is there. and and I think today, especially, you know, we do have this challenge of want to be an accepted. We want to be part of a culture and society. Um, but then we feel this tension with our faith. And sometimes we have to make decisions. This thing is not compatible with my faith in Christ. So I need to not partake or participate in that. Right. And well,
0: now, you know, and it's funny because uh, – you know, again, you and I, we have some shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to picture this, folks, because I'm, I'm here. I got long hair, and my buddy here is <laughs> has got a. Still a military or relatively I yeah, can't close get away. To, I got yeah. my sideburns, though. Yeah, so oh, he's got I, a sideburns, yeah. you know. And you let me at least you do that know. much. Although I've like... seen a picture of you with long hair. Yeah, back in the day, uh, I had Back some in long the day, hair. you had mm-hmm. some long hair. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, go <laughs> past her. Um But, you know, I certainly grew up at a time during the whole, um, you know, the record and tape burnings right, and yeah. the, mm-hmm. the backward masking mm-hmm. and but I mean, you know, and and to be honest with you, I looked at that and I was like, really? Hmm. And I understand to some extent. I understand that there were people who cared. Hmm. You know, they cared about their youth. They cared about. They cared about those things. Right. But I think they went way too far. And they 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 were they were really looking for witches to burn.
1: It was a bit of paranoia.
0: Yeah, it was there, paranoia. I what I, mm-hmm. I what has been termed as satanic panic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you know, I, but I always found it a little inconsistent with those same people mm-hmm. were telling me that this is not the kind of stuff that a young man or young woman should be listening to, mm-hmm. but it was perfectly okay to listen to George Jones. <laughs> or to listen to... Right, you know, because that was a style of music John. that they liked. Right, exactly. Well, you listen
1: to some of those old songs that the old-timers, you know, I mean, you know, the 40s, 30s, you listen to some of that music, and that's a little, that's yeah. a little racy when you... I mean, it's a little bit more nuanced in the language, right. but what are they really talking about? Right. Ooh, that's going uh, to be, gonna be a little racy. You I'm going to be honest with mm-hmm.
0: you, Pastor, and <laughs> this is my personal opinion, of course, yeah. but I don't necessarily think that's bad. Now, when I say that, and I know there's going to be you know, if <laughs> just, you know, the one or two that holiness people that might be listening, the, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, he, yeah. he needs prayer, Pastor, you know. <laughs> um, uh, just so happens we're in the church, we can you know, go to the altar. Um, but I don't necessarily think that, especially in light of looking at the Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. okay, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Talking now, about sexuality se- sexuality or, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. okay uh if if you speaking of the Puritans if you read some of the letters that mm-hmm. some of the Puritan men wrote their wives
1: mm-hmm. we couldn't read them mm-hmm. on air well and you said the critical word men wrote to their wives right and so yeah that's that's the whole challenge I guess today is that um, and and there's everything right about um, having a passion for your spouse. Right. Everything right about um, having romance and, and longing if, uh, for, for your spouse. It's just putting things and doing things in the right context. Right. Um, in the right order. And that's the challenge in society today is that we've removed all of the parameters of what's, what's right and healthy with all of this. And we've kind of just said, well, it's all, it's just a recreation, it's just a thing, it's just, and we, we forget that um, God's law isn't for our detriment, it's for our benefit. And, and as we erase all the lines, um, we're destroying ourselves in the process. In pursuit of our freedom, um, we're becoming slaves. By removing the moral barriers that God put up not not to deprive us of anything but to give us um, the best of everything really
0: well and and well you know like I said um I guess what I'm going with is that uh you know in in the scripture mm-hmm. there's a particular passage where Paul writes that. And I think I don't think he's the only one that addressed this, but since he wrote what three quarters of the New Testament, hmm. it's it was pretty it was mostly him, yeah. um, where he said that you know that there will come a time when men will abandon natural relations mm-hmm. with women, yeah, Romans uh, and too. and vice versa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It says that. Now the interesting thing about it, he doesn't s- necessarily speak about the covenant of marriage, I, I'm sure that's the context, mm-hmm. that's the overarching context. So I'm mm-hmm. not trying to dismiss that. But the interesting thing is that even people who are not believers or not followers of Christ mm-hmm. know what is the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if they even if their their priorities are if their their priorities are not in order, right. they understand that there is a natural order of things and you know, it's normal for boys to like girls. It's normal for girls to like boys, okay? And so, you know, in the time, even even people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you said the 30s, you know, I'm going to pick out uh, Hank Williams Sr. You mm-hmm. know, hey, good looking, what you got cooking? Why don't you <laughs> yeah. cooking up something up for me? Now, it doesn't say he's talking to his wife, and he may not been, mm-hmm. but that's not the point, okay, because in that time, That was actually the norm. Right. You know, hey, I heard my father say that all the time. Really? To to my mom. Of course, you know, (laughs) I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. Right. But he quoted that song many times, you know. So even if Hank Williams Sr., you know, he may not have been meaning his own wife, you know. (laughs) I don't know maybe, that. Maybe maybe not. We, don't, yeah. we yeah, maybe mm-hmm. maybe not because that wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. The point was here's a guy, here's his girl, mm-hmm. what you got cooking? Okay. That is the normal order of things. Mm. Okay. Well now that contact context is no longer the norm. Mm. See, now we can read all sorts of things. And I I can kinda understand why some I'm gonna use the term secular only because I gotta define it between two different things. mm -hmm. Yeah. But even secular artists are kind of scratching their head at the church going why are you why are you having such a hard time with this kind of thing? You know? Why why can't we talk about X, Y, and Z? Now I understand addressing Right. Yeah. Now I understand. I mean, there, there's. I can't deny. You know, I'm not going to sit here and deny. There's plenty of songs mm-hmm. that you know exactly what they're talking about, and you know, it, it's it's definitely not wholesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then there are times when people are addressing things. Um, I've said it before. I t- I told uh, Pastor Mike Boss in mm-hmm. my. Third episode, yeah. um, the 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 idea is that some songs are descriptive; they're not prescriptive, right? Okay, many of them are like that, mm-hmm. and so artists are scratching their head, going, "Why do you have such an, a hard
1: time?" Yeah. Well, I think here, here here may be part of it, and it's not just the sexual, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't. Well, I just
0: isolated that one I'll, thing. I'll, but. I'll
1: quote my hero, um, Larry Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is really a quote, but his uh, the gist of his idea was: you know, why why do we limit? Why do Christians limit our our writing, our songs to just theology or just church music? Um, why can't we address right. love and other issues? And so he was a little bit of a radical and kind of breaking the breaking into all that. Back in the '70s, um, but I think yeah. I mean, that's kind of my point. I mean, not everything is appropriate to sing in a worship service, right? But um, we have to engage life and and all the issues. Like I was just asked this morning about we have a youth group meeting and there's some issues they want to talk about. Well, you know, they're facing all kinds of issues. Yeah. And I was asked, you know, well, what, what is appropriate or what is authorized, you know, for them to discuss? And I'm like, I can't think of anything that would be off the table. I mean, we've got to talk about these things. And if we can't talk about them in the church, in the context of what does God say or the Bible say about these issues, where are we going to talk about right. it? Right. And so... The world is certainly yeah, going to talk, talk about it. Yeah, the world is going to talk about it. And so we have... An hour or two a week to address these things from from God's point of view. Yeah, I mean, we've already spent an hour. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? that's all you got. You know, the world's got twenty four seven practically, and the church has an hour. Right. Well, already the odds are stacked against us. Right. So, yeah, we absolutely. You know, we we need church music. We need to worship God when we gather together. Um, sermons can be challenging just because you're addressing. Uh, both genders and all ages, and so sometimes it's like even this past Sunday I had to mend my message a little bit because of the crowd, and and, uh, I didn't think some of the things I thought about saying was appropriate for everybody that was there, Um, so you have to be aware of your audience and who's listening, Um, but that's why we need discipleship so much in the church. We need more of that small group, one-on-one time. Right. To, so worship is great. We have to have worship, and we need to worship. But we also need that time where you and I or a few of us can gather together and address the, the issues. Um, and that's what I love about the Bible. The Bible addresses all that stuff. Yeah, There's it nothing does. untouched. And I mean, there's some, there's some passages of Scripture I'm probably never going to preach on because they're just too racy. Song of Solomon. <laughs> Song of Solomon is one. There's some other <laughs> oh, things yeah. in there that it's like. Eh, Samuel. Book I'm not Samuel gonna. Is like. I don't think you'll ever find some text in a lectionary reading uh, for the church just because they're just a bit too racy for a mixed right company, if you will. So well, it is, and
0: see, that's the, it's 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 interesting that you say that because uh, what. Uh, there and there are preachers that will address things mm-hmm. specifically, but they, they, they always. I um, I'm a big fan of Mark Gunger.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, and, and I haven't listened to his his internet, his podcast mm-hmm. in a long time, but there for a while I was listening all the time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he opens with is, you know, this is got adult content, right. and he he's, you know, if you know,
1: your, if you have just adults in the room, yeah. You're a you little know, bit more able to and, address the and, and, and I'm like, yeah. you know
0: what? I, it's about time mm-hmm. somebody said these things. He, he said that he had gone, and I'd actually seen this, he had gone on TBN mm-hmm. years ago, and he was not allowed to say the word masturbation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was not allowed to say it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though that's kind of a crucial subject to talk about right. uh, within that context, mm-hmm. But he wasn't allowed to say it, yeah. and he, you know, I mean, he understood from a, I guess, from a production, right, kind, of, kind of view. But as you can see, I have no such limitations. <laughs> um, you said the M word. I said the M word, and yeah. and with a pastor in the room, you're um, going right to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that ends this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's over now. <laughs> Thanks for having. Like, yeah.
1: Actually. Um, yeah i did a i did a um lesson on that one time yeah, it was it was fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> the look on his face is, says otherwise <laughs> um and you know and that is tough mm-hmm. those those are tough issues but mm-hmm. you know it's funny we actually i i think that the saints of old mm-hmm. as much as we criticize them in some ways yeah. um the younger generations will naturally criticize. Uh, you know, right.
1: I, I, That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> is that I, I really think that they they really knew more, mm-hmm. and, and they were really smarter than we give them credit for. Absolutely. Yeah. And but I think where maybe they failed is that some of them didn't. They thought all situations were inappropriate to, you know, and Mm -hmm. they didn't give credence to the idea that culture does change. Right. And culture, culture tends to, you know, it ebbs and flows. I mean, you, I've, I've done, uh, I've, I've read books on the history just of the church Mm -hmm. and you watch how the, the church and the culture just kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. there's this dance, you know, throughout history. And Sometimes the church is not very good at responding to the culture
1: mm-hmm.
0: like they should. Yeah.
1: It, it's hard because it requires change, and nobody likes to change and that's kind of part of the what part of the background of where we are today um, is that um, within my lifetime we we have become post christiandom as a church, so or yes. as a society, yes. So there's not, we're not a homogeneous Christian believing culture anymore. Um, there's some things that uh, my parents, a um, generation before them, could stand morally and and say emphatically and have some authority to say those things, right. Today, we don't have the authority right. um, because we're not on the same platform anymore. So, um, you know, when I, when I cite the authority of Scripture to somebody, um, it doesn't most of mean them say, anything. well, who cares? Yeah. Or says who? And so, you know, if we don't have that solid or that common uh, faith system and structure, um, then we have to—today more than ever, we have to look back to the early church in a lot of ways as an example— um, because we're not, we may be the majority, um, but a lot, a lot of our culture today doesn't accept our premise and our authority base. So well, we have I'll to tell you why.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, this is by no means, you know, encyclopedic or, or mm-hmm. definitive, but I think part of the reason why is because we, and we talked about it just a little while ago, we've disengaged... Um, I, I I read a I read an, a facebook post by uh, a young friend of mine mm-hmm. who probably doesn't listen to this podcast um and he's not a believer mm-hmm. but he said something to the effect of why vote because nothing's gonna change mm-hmm. why, why should I waste my time why why should I even you know that's how they You know, I don't really want to do jury duty, you know, and that's one of the ways that they pick you for jury duty is, you know, well, you know, if you have a driver's license, (laughs) that's how they're going to pick you too. So, Mm -hmm. but, um, and I read, I, I didn't, I didn't normally attack this, um, but I, I just kind of read some of the responses and I finally, I finally got on and I said, um, Look, you are an American citizen. You can do with your vote however you want to do, okay? But you might want to consider that the reason why a lot of the politicians that you hate are in office Mm -hmm. is because there were people who did just like you, Mm -hmm. who said, doesn't matter, nothing's going to change. Okay, I voted – I I was old enough to vote for Reagan Mm -hmm. in his second term, right? And I did. Oddly enough, I voted for Clinton the first time, and I and because I bought into right, you know, we talked a good game, yeah. Yeah. And he did, and um, but then I saw, and I didn't vote for him the second time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, I voted for H.W. Bush, and then uh, then Clinton. I voted, but. I don't feel that I wasted my vote Mm-mm. because I participated. Right. Okay. Now I learned my lesson, mm-hmm. you know, I, I and it got me to focus on the things that were important, but I did my homework. Right. Well, that's you know, important to and, do your homework. And see, right. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do their homework.
1: Mm-hmm. There's uh, a whole political theory on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Way. Well, right. yeah, mm-hmm. I know, but, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that, that my vote is going to make uh you know, is going to change. You know, everything's going to instantly change. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's about your responsibility to society it's to
1: participate, to engage, participate
0: yeah. and engage. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of church people, a lot of Christians, have decided to disengage. Well,
1: they believe the the lie. I would say that's told. Well, um, keep it in church. Yes. So there's a, there's been an attempt um, to try to. Put a barrier or a wall. People have taken the whole Thomas Jefferson. There should be a separation. You know that whole kind of language to say, well, keep church and church, and we'll have some kind of a, a duality. You know, you can be secular when you step out of the doors of the church, and then when you come inside the doors of the church, then you can bring in all of your religious stuff. Right. Right. And and that's completely but in, opposite. But in truth. They really don't want us to keep it in church.
0: Uh, they don't want us to p- bring it to church either, no, because right. now they're starting to they're right. starting try to, to control what's they're in stri- church, tr- right. trying to control what it's but that, in so because
1: the, the first attempt didn't work, right? <laughs> so now we'll try the second, right. and Then We'll try we'll take away tax exempt status and whatever. If you you know, we'll we'll collect up pastor sermons and we'll like, you know. Right. There's there's been an attempt to do that. A few Hello, places. California. Yeah, Texas was one too. Um, so thank God for you know groups like. Well, Jay Sekolo, his yes. organization that try to yeah. help uh, support people faith, F-
0: defending freedom. I, I
1: should be able to tell you, but I think that's a, yeah, a- ADF.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, but and, and see, that's the thing is that there were there were people who have stood up. Mm-hmm. There there were Christians who stood yeah. up and said, "No, we're mm-hmm. not going to do this." I, you know, we you, of course this being Black History Month, you mm-hmm. know, people always cite Martin Luther King junior and appropriately so. Yeah, absolutely. But uh the interesting thing about it is that he didn't shut up. Right. He got you know, he got out there and you know, now he he always talked about, you know, peaceful protest mm-hmm. and you know, you, you don't you don't darkness can't drive out darkness, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, and that's totally true, but it let's let's all be honest here. He took it he took the fight right to absolutely where it needed to go mm-hmm. and we don't have enough christians doing it or let me rephrase that we have a lot of christians that are fighting things mm-hmm. but i think they're f- they're 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 picking hills to die
1: on right that are not yeah, appropriate you can only fall on your sword once right and yeah you should pick that battle wisely. you know
0: very very yeah. carefully and mm-hmm. and so you're you're fighting a lot of fighting a lot of you're you're trying to put out fires down here Mm -hmm. when the the main fire is up Mm -hmm. here you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes you got to start a fire in order to fight a fire Mm. and uh uh hello california (laughs) um so Mm -hmm. you know i I guess i guess what i'm cycling around and of course we're kind of orbiting around your whole the thesis of your paper Mm -hmm. is that
1: that's, that's exactly what the chaplains do. Right. They're in the system. Right. They engage uh, transforming and working right within. Mm -hmm.
0: And so, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor the point. I think there's a lot to unpack out of that. Um, and I, like I said, I thought it was a great, um, uh, dissertation. I thought it was, I thought it was really, really, uh, I couldn't find flaws in it, but I'm not really qualified to yeah. find the flaws. There, there, there are plenty in there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. see, but, but that's okay I, because I think your premise is totally, totally right. But and the interest, interesting thing is that you can be totally 100% right yeah. uh, on this. That'll, that'll lead something else I, I want to talk to you about. Okay, and this doesn't have anything to do with you. Just to, I, I want your opinion on this. Okay, okay I'm tired of the you, – you see – again, you see this. I bring up Facebook. You mm-hmm. see this on Facebook. You know, there are people that you just want to be right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. and that's – that argument, you know, as if nobody is right. Mm-hmm. You know, is it – well, you know, in an argument, generally speaking – Mm-hmm. somebody's right and somebody's wrong okay somebody's ideas are wrong mm-hmm. and I'm noticing today that we're so worried about I, you know I posted that, that Spurgeon quote mm-hmm. about you know um, how, how does it go you know we must have unity but it's better to be divided by truth Rather than united in error,
2: hmm.
0: okay, and I see a, I see this whole, I see it, I see it in secular realms. I see it in church. I see it in sacred realms. Yeah. This idea that we've
1: got to be unified. We have got to be unified no matter what. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, that's a good point. First of all, on Facebook, I, everyone has an opinion, and so uh, Facebook is a great exchange of opinion I guess yes you know? it is so my opinion of course is right <laughs> well right? of course <laughs> and so it doesn't matter you're gonna get a like on that huh? <laughs> <laughs> so of course I believe that I'm right um, that's my opinion but I think people what would help a lot is if we owned the fact that this is my opinion and that's kind of way I've been when I do pay, post yes. to Facebook I write this is my opinion right um, and when I started that last post that uh, you'd mentioned I started out with if anyone has any uh, quantifiable evidence yeah, on this, did. I'd love to see it. But this is my opinion about the matter. You know? And so owning, I think we should just own the fact, hey, it's my opinion. Um, if you have a different opinion, great. Um, they may be different. Um, but let's just own the fact that this is my opinion. It's not fact. And where we have fact, and let's talk about the fact. And if my fact, my fact should trump your opinion. Your fact should trump my opinion if it's a fact. Right. Then it's a fact, and and so, um, Facebook is kind of fun in that you know everybody it's you know everybody has an opinion. You can share your opinion, um, but let's not get o- overly worked up on the fact that we may not have the same opinion because opinions. Everyone has one. Yes. Right? So <laughs> I know where you're okay, going. Okay, I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> I but, know where you're going. <laughs> um, so everybody has an opinion, but. Um, I lost my train of thought on the second part of what you're saying, of being right. Well, that unity does not mean um, lockstep on everything. Right. So no two people are going to agree on everything. Uh, You know, my wife and I don't agree on everything. Um, no i know it's a shock right uh hang around you've been around us long enough to know that's a fact so you know no church and no church i love you angie yeah, i just we said love you, Angie. <laughs> yeah um and that's fine that's not what unity is unity isn't uniformity of belief oh uh, and and that's kind of weird coming from a pastor who that's kind of i mean we do have a creed we do have some things that as Christians, we do need to believe in right. um, that are essential. Um, and that's a bit of the challenge in the church is, okay, what's essential to the faith? What's not essential to the faith? Right. Where can we disagree and still be brothers and sisters in Christ? I, right. I mean, but unity isn't that we agree on everything. And, that, and that's a bit of the challenge. You know, the, the beauty of the Catholic Church for the longest time was there was an allowance for divergence, in a lot of ways, you know, we have, you know, that's why you had all these different uh, groups. You had um, different communities within the Catholic Church. Um, they still fell under one umbrella, but you had, you know, the Benedictines, the Franciscans, the Dominicans, right. on and on and on. You have different groups of people with a different take on different things, but they fit under the one umbrella. And and uh, that's kind of where ecumenic, ecumenism in the church I think, is heading where, you know, we can see one another, I think, more today than ever in recent history of the church. I see you're my brother. You know, we have a different sign out front, um, but we still agree on the important things of the faith, and and so we can disagree on some minor issues, non-essential issues of faith, like, you know, you may be an Arminian, you may be a Calvinist, you may be you know, you may have different take on different theological um, issues, um, but we can still be unified as brothers and sisters in Christ and believers. Um, and I think that's ultimately what unity is: is that we look at one another. Uh, to quote uh, a scholar by the name of Wolf. he he talks about the sibling friend. If we're gonna, if we're truly a Christian though we may uh, not have the same sign out front of our church mm-hmm. yeah we still relate to other Christians as a sibling right brother and sister in Christ or a friend a kinship that we have with one another even though we may not agree on everything right. I think that's that's really unity that I have that spirit and and Wesley uh, talked about that extensively in in uh, some of his sermons on well, he wrote a church, the Catholic spirit. Um, he wasn't a – oops, now I'm getting all, oh, all yeah, uh, carried away yeah, with yeah. my hands. <laughs> he, he wasn't a Catholic, but Catholic in the lowercase c yeah, of the sense of universal, universal right. or common, that we have a common spirit, we have a kinship with one another be- right. based on our common faith in Christ. And if we – um, it, it really hit me uh, when I was doing – When I was in seminary, I was doing some reading. And uh, it wasn't that long ago in the history of the church, we were killing each other, literally killing each other. Oh, yeah. Over some, what we would call today, some pretty minor theological differences. Right. Um, Thank God that we're past that. I think now at least we're not killing each other. Well, you know, we, we we're not we,
0: assassinating each other, yeah. but we're we certainly might be assassinating, assassinating character. character yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and and but see, and 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 here here's where the rubber meets the road, and this is where uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is mm-hmm. because, uh, and <laughs> I've said it in every podcast, and I'm going to say it again, uh, that this isn't focus on the family. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like I'm putting focus on the family down. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I think that's – Dobson is great. But that's right. They have a niche. Okay. And and as a result, they also have some limitations. There are Mm -hmm. things that they – either they don't have the time to talk about, they can only address at a certain point, and I think they address it from a perspective that is limiting in Mm -hmm. the sense that um it, it, just like Pastor Gunger mm-hmm. when he was on T B N and he couldn't say the M word, mm-hmm. you know. But it in reality you wouldn't think that something so that that we we could talk about what we need to talk about without mentioning that word. Mm-hmm. But in reality
2: mm-hmm.
0: you can't not not in address fully what he needed to address. Right. In, in the issue. And whereas one of the reasons why I want to do this is I'm trying to get yeah, I, 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 I kid. Well no, it's not really kidding. It's it's I'm being a little facetious when I say this is about what I think. Mm-hmm. And it is about what I think. But clearly I'm gonna have people on mm-hmm. that don't necessarily agree with me one hundred percent on every issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I, what I'm doing is, I'm saying that this is this. These are the reasons why I think the way I think is often reflected in the guests that I have, but mm-hmm. not all of them are Christian. Right. Sure. Almost every. Uh,
1: I you mean, know. you have non-Christian friends. Will? Yes, I have non-Christian Christian <laughs> friends, and you know what? They
0: have they have some things mm-hmm. that are very valuable. Sure. Yeah. That they can contribute mm-hmm. to. I I have no doubt. That not only am I there. It, we tend to think in things. Well, the reason why I'm among this group of people is because God wants me to do X, Y, and Z with these people. That mm-hmm. may be true, mm-hmm. okay. But also, I think sometimes God has you with a certain kind of friends to shape you. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to to get you to uh maybe see things the way they need to be seen. Mm-hmm and now i cannot pastor i can't back any of that w- up with scripture right now i'm i'm sure if i dug my bible out i mm-hmm. could find examples of that but i don't i, I when i'm when i'm on here speaking mm-hmm. about things i'm talking about things that are part of my life right and they have shaped my life clearly you know not only you as a pastor but the Church of the Nazarene. It's <laughs> it's your whole life. <laughs> it's right? my whole life, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and mine too, yeah. and and mm-hmm. yours too. So, but also music, mm-hmm. but also, um, well, I was a military dependent. I wasn't in the military, um, so well, I guess it kinda, yeah, you kind of sort of. You were in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 a, I, didn't, a I didn't army take brat. direct orders, yeah, but yeah, you're an army brat, so you you yeah, know, yeah. You know mm-hmm. I didn't get deployed unless. Unless, yeah well if dad did mm-hmm. we, we went to germany mm-hmm, right um and uh but at any rate so i may moves whether directly or indirectly because, because of the military mm-hmm. um but i guess what i'm saying is that i can't dismiss the things that have helped shape who i am now some would argue well you know you could have done without that in your mm-hmm. life well really I mean God redeems all things God redeems all things Mm -hmm. and and not only that but Mm -hmm. uh I remember because all I had in my life at the time when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. I had school home church and that was it that's all that I had and Mm -hmm. you know when I became I didn't even want to be a part of the youth group and it you know Uh, they actually had to get some of the pretty girls to come talk to me just to get me to get involved. That was a good, whatever works, you know. (laughs) Um, But the thing was is, and then once I got involved, I got way involved. I mean, you know, it was my whole life. So, but I didn't have anything, you know, I didn't do extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. When I discovered music, and I'll even say, just to be honest with you, I'll even say that even when I got involved in the youth group, I wasn't. I didn't feel always accepted. Mm-hmm. I, I was accepted because, well, I'm a I'm a young person. They, they don't. I'm i kind of like I was one of those guys that you know the, the kind of people you invite to the party, but if they don't show up, it it doesn't mm. really matter that's the way i felt mm. you know and, I, and i'm not blaming but that's just part of the experience you know yeah. some of us have to experience oh, go through well, these things it, i felt it, that way at times you know yeah. and um, but for the longest time even when i got older it, that's that's how i felt treated i wasn't mm. and so when i latched on to music right i looked I, I remember you know i used to read circus magazine and i would see some of these guys and go you know these guys are kind of ugly but <laughs> It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because and it wasn't just the girl thing it was just you know these guys have something and people are Mm -hmm. willing to you know they want to come see these guys perform they're you know i'm like that's what i want to do that's that's you know and of course like i've told you before when i heard van halen it was that was it i had to play yeah um but it, it was funny these 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 musicians exuded mm-hmm. a confidence that I didn't have yeah. and it didn't matter what they looked like. Right. You know, and it, it didn't, it, they, they had a, they had this, they had this thing about them that I was like, you know what? I, I can, I can do this. Mm. And that, that became my crowd. That became my, and to be honest with you, even in that crowd, I didn't always get, but yeah. It, it, it focused me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I've gone a long way around. I can't even remember why I started saying that. But I guess, I guess the large part about it is that, yes, in the music scene, in the music business, there's drugs, there's, uh, there's uh, sexual deviancy, there's, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things. Well, you know what? I can't think of any field – where that isn't true what about sports the various
1: degrees yeah sure i, I mm-hmm. actually
0: had that i had that discussion with a preacher who was a huge sports fan mm-hmm. and he would tell me how you know look at look at the lifestyles of these musicians and look at the you know what they're promoting and this that and the other and i was like but you like football
1: there's spouse abuse, there's, there's spouse abuse, all kinds of there's stuff drug abuse, yeah. there's and then you're right in every profession because we're all people and sin is common to all of us. Oh, so. and let's not mention
0: uh, one of the big bugaboos of the world, televangelists.
2: Mm.
0: Um, look, I have I have nothing but love for anybody who who uses television Mm -hmm. And uses media to promote the gospel. I have no problem with that. Okay,
1: but it can be a real downfall. Tell me, tell me.
0: uh, I remember, uh, of course, and I I'm I'm not trying to pick on him after the fact because I believe that he served his he served his time, and I actually read this guy's part of this guy's book, and the title of his book was "I Was Wrong." It was Mm -hmm. Jim Baker. Baker. Okay, and my my parents loved jim baker I love and I, I always had an air of suspicion of him mm-hmm. i just something just didn't seem right yeah. and of course and m- it, both of my parents were like why don't you like him why don't you you know what what is that? and i couldn't put my finger on it one look
1: at tammy faye was enough for well me. Like, really yeah, yeah. I, I, the whole, I, I there was actually well, it's a the air of there's the show and the 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 pride and you can just i mean you can I don't know why some are more there's tuned into that than others, but that, yeah, Swagger, yeah. Baker, you can go, I mean, and there are people even now, you know, I'm yeah. not, I'm, that's really why I'm not very tuned into to um, televangelists and whoever's the latest, you know, thing. But, but what I'm because, saying is that there's, that they were, yeah. they,
0: you know, even under the guise of the, of the covering of the church, right. there was still promiscuity there was still drugs there was still you know all these very things that that you know I remember Swaggart being I I remember seeing a sermon on Sunday Mm -hmm. when I was a kid he was just going off and he was talking about rock stars and their lifestyles and this that and the other I mean he was mad Mm -hmm. and of course you know he has two famous cousins you know so I (laughs) I don't doubt that that you know, but yeah. interestingly enough, the very thing that he was criticizing—and I, I, again, I'm not trying to slam Swaggart because mm. I believe Swaggart has repented—but mm. uh, he did a lot of damage to, to a lot the of church's credit, has
1: been done to the church c- credibility, that type of thing,
0: because yeah. of that. And mm-hmm. so, I was like, "Well, wait a minute." As I'm getting back to the, my discussion with that particular preacher. Um, I was like, but wait a minute, you are way into professional sports. You love football. Mm-hmm. You know What's the difference? Mm-hmm. The only difference is they're not playing music that you don't happen to like.
2: Right.
0: And that's really what the crux of it was, and I couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand how me liking something that just sounded different, mm-hmm. sounded appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. I Of course, a lot of the lyrics I wasn't paying attention to, yeah, un- unless it was, you know, mm-hmm. but and that's to be fair. But not all the lyrics to a lot of songs were all about sex, or all about violence, or something like that. And I mean, if you, like I said, if you if you were to take and make lyrics out of some of the stuff in the Bible, right? It, you, if you were to make a movie, I mean, a a a, a setting correct movie, a dialogue correct movie, mm-hmm. it would be NC seventeen.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's. It It covers the whole gamut of human And it's
0: not doing Mm -hmm. that to exploit those kind of things. But at the same time, the the scripture tells a story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of music tells a story from a
1: perspective. Yeah, I think probably one of the reasons why people react about music is that music does influence. And and, uh, something about music stays with people. Like, I mean, tunes... And you put a lyric to a tune and it sticks with you forever, even stuff you don't even want to remember, you know, and we can go back to our childhood. I mean, you could probably, you could probably sing the words to Gilligan's Island. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, whatever, you know, silly stuff, you know, um, jingles, cart, you know, from commercials or whatever. Um, Music can be really influential. And I think, you know, going back to the days of when we were growing up and uh, music, Was starting to change, and it was starting to change within the church. I think there was a a a legitimate fear, um, because there was a bit of because change can be threatening, and uh, and so now we've been in the hymn wars now as a church, and we're I would say we're kind of at the end of it in a lot of ways, Um, and that's a bit of what I was writing about, kind of looking back now. As a person who's been a child of the hymn wars now, really, I mean, right. Um, I I mean, I remember as a kid, well, a, I grew up on the hymns, right because that's essentially all there was in the church, right, at least until my teenage years. and for the, just my life coincided with the advent of Larry Norman, um, some of the early right Milo Christian Lefebvre. rock, Myron yeah. Lefevre, Petra, Petra. Yeah. Res Band, I don't know if you ever heard Servant. They weren't quite as popular, but um, I mean that was all kind of cutting edge stuff. That and I, you know, I remember the first time someone used an accompaniment track in church. Um, I think it was a Dallas Home. Oh yeah, Rise Again. One of those songs, you know, and and so and there's been a, you know, if if Southern Gospel is your genre. And that's what you love. There's nothing particularly spiritual about the music. Right. Um, It's a genre of music that's set to a certain lyric that speaks to people. Right. Um, Same with the hymns. Um, And same with contemporary music. You know, when I started hearing songs by, like, the Imperials um, or... Res band, or you know, I remember playing a res band song that really spoke to me as a teenager. Um, I played it for my dad because I was just really moved by it, you right. know. What I mean, like, this is amazing what they're saying in the music, and it just, and I played it for my dad, and he just kind of looked at me like, whatever, you know, he it, right. it had no, it didn't speak anything to him, and I think that's where we are just generationally. Um, Different genres of music speak to different people in different ways. And we're in a time in the church where um, it's become more accepted. And, I, and, I'll, and I'm now old enough to where, you know, Andrew is our praise and worship leader in the church. And he'll come off with some, some music. And I just look at him like, really, guy? That, that's just horrible. But it speaks <laughs> to him. You know, there's some now praise and worship music that does not a whole lot for me, you know. And and, uh, uh, and,
0: and I'm with you on that because I, I, I have... But it's,
1: but it's me. I, I realize yeah. and I recognize that's just me. Right. It speaks to him. Right. And it speaks to that generation. Is that right or is it wrong? Well, it's neutral. It's It's right. wrong. Now, where it's wrong is for me to begin making judgments... And condemning, because I just because I don't like it. Well, and and now and, now. and so now I've been on the right. I've been on the receiving end. And now you're on the giving. God end. help me yeah. that I don't be on the giving end. Right. And and I, this is something I said to my to the church when I first came. Um, and I'm now I'm older and more, I guess we'll say more mature. Yeah, um, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, I, I had a revel- I, had, I had an epiphany. P- epiphany. Um, <laughs> at a point, um, as a chaplain, I actually pastoring a, a congregation, and I realized my attitude as a kid, growing up as a young adult, my attitude was: this is where the next generation is. This is the style of music that appeals to my generation. If you don't like it, deal with it. Right. That was kind of my attitude. And it's like, you know, um, you just got to get over it. Right. Um, As I began pastoring, um, especially a congregation of people that were older, um, God began convicting me about that. And the word to me was, how loving is that, to have that kind of attitude how do you love how are you loving these people by saying just get over it because there's a there's a form of music that speaks to them and resonates with them and I'm just gonna chuck it and tell them just to get over it and now you just got to learn to like this other thing um, so that's why I've become a fan of more blended style of worship and music that you know my my goal anyway and and if you for an existing congregation of right. multi-generational crowd, I think you have to, if you're going to be a loving, caring pastor, you have to find a way to help everyone connect right. and everyone uh, sing a song that resonates with them. So my guidance to Andrew is, you know, hey, we got to at least try to do one hymn every Sunday so that everybody can connect you know i, I right. look at the congregation while we're singing and worshiping and some people it's just not working for them right you know and i get that um but but then i see the whole thing change when we sing a hymn yeah I, and that's and, been a
0: very common observation in yeah. a lot of places
1: and and <clears throat>
0: i'm i'm gonna start winding things down here yeah sure we've um yeah. you know uh, i mean i could talk to you forever i really could um and as long as I got memory, yeah. <laughs> um, but the I, I want to make a distinction here because yeah. you you've you've said worship, mm-hmm. and that's where we all come together and we focus. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm a musician, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, I'm I'm a musician at another church as well. Right. And um, or exclusively right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I. You know, there's a lot of praise and worship music that I don't particularly like. Sure. From a musician standpoint. Right. Okay. But I have found myself almost defending it Mm -hmm. because I see these armchair theologians Mm -hmm. who seem to... and, And they're, believe it or not, they're younger than me.
2: Yeah.
0: But they're, oh... You know, there's there's not enough theology in this and you know, there's you know, that it's like okay, I don't like most of the stuff, but that's because I'm a guitar player and I like stuff to be a little bit more that's just right. me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. But when I go in to play a song when my worship leader is you know, he's okay, we're gonna do this song, this song, this song, I don't go, Oh, I don't like that song. Right. I don't do that. I go, Okay. Mm-hmm. And I do what my best to put my personality into Mm -hmm. that piece of music that I Mm -hmm. don't ordinarily listen to. Sure. Okay, because A, it's not about me, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and B, the challenge of a musician is to make that song come alive. Right, Okay, and so even if there's a song that I don't like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a way to make that song to where I like it. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to kick on the distortion. Right. All well, do, the time. To do it well, to do but to es- do it well with
1: excellence. And to do it with excellence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now I ordinarily wouldn't do that song. Right. But maybe, or maybe there's songs I'm like, oh yeah, I really really like. It. We're we're doing a mm-hmm. theme over at Destiny now called uh, by Israel Houghton called Moving Forward, mm-hmm. and I love that song musically and lyrically. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare for me to like both. Right. criteria in a, mm-hmm. in a worship song, okay? Mm-hmm. What the distinction I really want to make is there's a difference between worship Correct. and what I listen to for entertainment. Sure. Now, some people would suggest that, that you can't have that divi- division, that, that you're actually having one foot in the sea and one foot on the land, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, because these the very same people who make that criticism are the ones that say that uh, you can't, uh, you, we, do, we don't want to turn our worship services into concerts. Right. In other words, you know what I'm saying? is like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, was, I remember being told when I started getting involved in guitar and wanted to play music, mm-hmm. oh, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, you can't play like that in ch- or or when I would play, you know, in in a band or I'm trying mm-hmm. to get myself in a in a band like, well, why don't you use your gifts for the church? Because mm-hmm. the church doesn't
1: want it. Yeah. No, I think that's where No, I think you make a super point and I think that's why the Christian music scene You know, I I make those distinctions when we figure out what we're going to sing on a Sunday, you know. So um like this past Sunday, there was a song that Andrew sang for a special. I wouldn't I wouldn't use that song for a congregational song because people aren't going to be able to sing along with it. Right. So so in a sense, I, I know the critique, and I agree with it to a certain extent, of, you know, there are times I've gone to worship service at different churches and I felt like I was more in a concert than right. I was in a worship experience. Um, we should... in. My theology of worship, philosophy of worship is, you know, I mean, we should try to find songs that people can sing, that are singable for for corporate for worship, corporate yeah. worship yeah. right? And not every tune, not every song is just written that way to where we can right. all sing along. And they're not supposed to be. Right, and they're not intended to be. Right. So, So, you know, personally, yeah, I mean, worship is... Worship music, um, I'll just call it a genre, if you will. Right, it's a, it's right. a style of music that sure we can listen to it through the week and whatever. I mean that needs to be a part of who I am, um, but there, like you talk about for entertainment. Um, again, it goes back to the whole engaging culture. Right. Um, you know, what well, I'm I'm very grateful. There's a lot of Christian artists out there that are doing music that I can enjoy and listen to. Um, I may not bring that into the church for worship, right? but, you know, I can go listen to it. And, and uh, it, it just, you know, I've not isolated myself from, from secular music, Um critique me on that if you want, well, you know, but I think, you know, I've heard um, you,
0: I've heard you when you talk about, like you, you mentioned a Billy Joel song one right. time, and um, you, when you listen to something, you hear it and you go, yeah. okay, I, I understand it in the context of the song, yeah. but
1: Billy, well, I don't agree with you yeah. on this. Well, here's the thing, you know, we don't, when we listen or watch or whatever we do outside of the walls of the church, we don't, we don't chuck our theology or or worldview. So we have to listen to everything critically. Not in a critical way, but we need to think critically about whatever we experience as a believer. So I can listen to Billy Joel or whoever it is, uh, Van Halen or you know. uh, Now why would you say that? I love Eddie. I mean, but there's some things, you know, I got to be critical about and and say, hey, I'm not going to. The music Wow, that's amazing. That was an amazing guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, uh, you know, Alex is a great drummer. You know, hey, whatever. You know, I got it. But the message. Mm,
0: yeah, I, you know, can't, I can't abide um, by it, and I understand that. And right. I, I, I'm for, firmly. But I, I think
1: the problem is that a lot of Christians go. We don't always think critically about what we're taking in, and we have to be aware anyway. And and so. Um, that may be part of the challenges, because well, it is a challenge. I'll sometimes. say
0: this, and as we start to wind things down, because a couple yeah. things I want to do before we finish, um, you know, thinking critically. Mm-hmm. That's why we have Bernie Sanders supporters, is because there are people who are not thinking critically and not listening to what's being said. Oh, now we're going to get
1: into politics. Well, Look out. I'm just now. I'm not. I'm just simply <laughs> well, saying that that yeah. that is
0: exactly how mm-hmm. I. I don't understand. Yes somebody who is brazenly and socialist. openly socialist right. he's proud of it mm-hmm. okay now mm-hmm. yeah there's a couple times where he kind of he tries to show a, a what he calls a shiny side of the nickel you know and tries to try to to give it uh, mm-hmm. give off that that you know socialism's a good thing and stuff like mm-hmm. that so but with the The vast wealth of historical documentation of the failure of socialism, Mm -hmm. you know, and all the suffering and the body count. Mm -hmm. um, Millions. In in the hundreds of millions, Mm -hmm. uh, that
1: anybody to buy that is just not thinking critically. Mm -hmm. And... Well, they're thinking selfishly, right? Because they they see that. It, and um, anyway, yeah, it's just it's <laughs> my way to get my free thing that I that, right. So that's the shiny nickel, ooh boy. Yeah, I'm gonna get my freebie, and I'm not gonna have to work for it. But there is a there is a very very huge price tag to pay. Right. That's gonna come around and bite. Yeah. even the people that are going to getting the free right
0: and so mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying is that they're not they're not thinking critically so right. they're buying they're for buying a term. they're buying uh, it's one thing to buy to, to, to accept a lie that is that is uh, covert right it's another when it's right in front of your face mm-hmm. you know so and that that'll be our political analysis for this podcast <laughs> okay. I, i'm right. going to save my political out anal- for my monologue um, <laughs> now <clears throat> As we're winding down, yeah. got a few more minutes, uh, and I want to tell you this has been a really, really fun time for me. Me too. Um, I, I, I do. I kind of got a tradition that I started. A couple things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is I like to my uh, my musician of the of the episode, mm-hmm. and. My pet peeve of the episode, and since I since I have my co-host, I'd like to, you know, it. it what would be your musician? If I was to say right now,
2: yeah.
0: who would be the musician? It, it, it can be guitar, it could be bass, it, be, it doesn't matter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Christian, secular, doesn't matter. Uh, whatever style. Mm-hmm. Is there a musician that just absolutely touches? You know that that you just always go back to is that that one single it could be an influence it could be hmm. as mm-hmm. as if if you were to name a, a musician that's important if, yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. what the reason is it's important to you who would mm-hmm. that be man
1: i'm pretty eclectic um <clears throat> but if i had to name a musician who i don't know who's been an influence to me or that i just really Appreciate a lot, um, though I've not mentioned him yet today. Uh, it would be Phil keggy Oh yes, have um, you had the privilege of seeing him? I've met him a time. Or, well, I've met him once. I've met him once. Um, but his—he's just—he's just phenomenal. Oh my and, gosh! And I—and it—he's so intimidating. I mean, <laughs> as a guitar player, that—that <sighs> that I remember just sitting. I was in a concert watching him in the front row. I got to roadie that particular concert, so we sat up front. Even him tuning a guitar is ridiculous. I mean, you know, just, yeah, he's the most phenomenal uh, musician I think I've ever seen anywhere.
0: Oh, he is truly, I've seen him. And a very
1: humble, godly man, too. I've Mm -hmm.
0: seen him three times. Yeah, I saw him when I was 21. I saw him in my late 30s and Mm -hmm. i saw him again in my 40s and he he could play whether he's on electric Mm -hmm. or he's on acoustic Mm -hmm. it's just mind bending it's it's incredible to, to 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 just to listen to him but then to see it too right Oh my gosh, and yeah. and I mean he is—he's not a very big man no, either. No, he's I've, shorter than me. Yeah, so he's a short guy, but mm-hmm. boy, I tell you what—he is a giant on stage. Yeah, he is. And uh And just—he's—he is, is a incredible musician. That's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? I think I'm going to go with that—that that <laughs> one for my episode. take that, That's, one? that oh, okay. one. Take All that right. one. I, you know? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. You're you're right about intimidating because oh my gosh you don't even want to pick up an instrument. I'm not worthy. At, at, I mean, no, just like, well, really. And he's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> seriously, he's just amazing. Super nice, humble guy. Uh, too. I've got his instructional video. Well, I got it. On, I got it on VHS. Oh. Um, but you can see it on YouTube. Yeah, you everything's can, on YouTube you know, now. Yeah. So just stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And uh, what about uh, a
1: pet peeve? Pet peeve? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. It doesn't could, have to be anything grand. I could go on and on
1: with <laughs> Well, I think. just pick but one. Just pick one. One that comes to mind right now, if you drive a car on I-95 or anywhere on in an interstate, please stay to the right <laughs> so that I can get around you. <laughs> There's, I guess a few people, I, I really don't think of myself. I guess I am a fast driver. But it's just, yeah, I, I really get irritated when I'm on the on the highway and – I have to pass people on the right because they, you know, don't want to. I don't know what the rationale is. I guess because it's just easy. I guess to um, stay on the left and keep trying to pass all the semi trucks, but um, it's very, very frustrating. So that's one, anyway.
0: Well, since uh, I've already had, you know, this is episode number six, uh, so now I've this is going to be my sixth. Pet, Pet peeve, peeve. Oh, yes, see, okay. you know. Um, I'll write a list for you. Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that means you've gone back and listened. Um, my, the one, I, one, and and these aren't earth shattering. You know, no one's no one's gonna die from it And it says You know, this probably says more about me than anything else. But um, when you're in line at the checkout counter,
2: mm-hmm.
0: put your phone away. Yeah. Now I get it. You know, I get texts like I've been getting texts now, and you know, I, but if it wouldn't have to necessarily even be in line, but that just you generally because you're, you know, you get two or three people in line, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sometimes more depending on how busy it is, and you're on your phone. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. and talking, and and then on top of that, especially if you're given to. Uh, Four letter words mm-hmm. every other sentence. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to hear that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear your conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a put them on hold, say, look, I, you know, or it, even if they got the headphones on and they're talking. Now, I have been guilty of that. Yeah. Okay. And even though nobody said anything to me, I felt kind of bad about it after the fact. Yeah. So, but if you're in line, focus on what you're doing. Then you can go have your conversation, yeah. but as a as a as a in conjunction with this, one time I was I went into Walmart, my, my wife and I went into Walmart for some I don't remember what it was. No, it was just me, and no we we went in together. I had to go to the bathroom, so I'm on my way to the bathroom, and there's a guy sitting on the because there's a bench right outside, and he was sitting there on the phone. and He was very clearly upset mm-hmm. about something, and. I could kind of hear her voice, so they were very—they were talking. And you know, I'm sorry you're having a relationship issue, but <laughs> the in front of the bathroom at Walmart is not the place to be having this discussion. Right. Go out in your car, and you know, and I—I I, I couldn't help but look, you know, because I—I mm-hmm. I heard him say something, and I'm focused on going to the bathroom. So someone's trying to get my attention, and because I do have a little bit of a hearing issue mm-hmm. surprise surprise and um so if somebody says hey you know really loud or somebody you know, i assume they're trying to get my attention so i looked over in his way and he gives me this look like and he didn't say anything but he know, like, you know mind your business right and i'm like you're in a public I, place i'm thinking guy. dude yeah. you know you're in a public place mm-hmm. i i i can hear just about everything mm-hmm. and I, a lot of it i didn't want to hear but dude yeah. You know, it, it if anything
1: there there's this lack of courtesy. That's exactly the consideration of other people. Yeah, of other courteous. people around mm-hmm. you, you know,
0: mm-hmm. this, you know, I don't need to know your pillow talk, I don't need to know your th- mm-hmm. we don't need to know that, you know. I didn't have any kids with me. Of course my kids are adults now, but mm-hmm. I don't have any kids with me, but really there are people here with the small children and they don't need to be hearing that stuff. Right. So and then, and then to look at me like I need to mind my own business. Right. Well, dude, you're putting it right out there. Right. So that's my pet peeve. Pull up a chair and yeah, join exactly. the conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Pastor, I have enjoyed this time, and I hope that we'll do it again. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, have a good time. I would hope to. And we can, mm-hmm. we can, we can we talk take, politics next time. We can time. do. We
1: talk politics. Really we dig talk, a deep hole.
0: Yeah. Oh, hey, why not? You know, because you know, there's. Like I told you before, there's probably tens of people listening right now, <laughs> um, and but that's okay because you know if they don't like what I got to say, there there's seven hundred thousand other podcasts they can listen to.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, it. You know, we should be able to at least say what we want to say, mm-hmm. and it's not invading anybody's privacy. That's right. You know, so uh, I've enjoyed this, and I, like I said, I hope we'll do it again. And is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Is there any kind of? Is there anything that maybe you? Uh, is there like? Is there a thought or an idea that that mm. you kind of like to leave us with? Hmm. If okay, I'm gonna, 30, I'm gonna give you 30. Man, that's I'm gonna give you 30 seconds. I'm gonna do lot like. Of I'm gonna do like Candace <laughs> Owens does. I like what Dude. she does. She says you got you got you. Well, she gives them two minutes. So I'm gonna give you 30 seconds. If there's if in 30 Come seconds. Come with the big. Yeah. Is there if there's something. Okay, well, here's,
1: I'll just give you the, uh, what I put on my email, on my signature block, um, because there's a story, a little bit of a story. I mean, it's based on scripture, but I think it's important. Um, it, it just says, live righteously, pray boldly. Um, and I think, um, I think that's a good way to live. To well, live righteously. And uh, the prayer of the righteous avails mu- availeth much, right? So as I seek to live righteously, um, I feel like we can pray boldly and God is pleased with us and we can accomplish. And there's an ethical element to that, that it's not just about me being a goody goody, um, but I feel like I have a moral responsibility to be righteous um, because that that enables me to pray for you and intercede for you um and have god's ear on your behalf so there you go well and with that
0: i believe that we'll (laughs) close out thoughts from a lawnmower episode six with pastor jeff spangler pastor i thank you for
1: joining me with this and i look forward to our next your next co-host gig. Okay, I'm we'll schedule it. Thank you my friend.